we said. The Press Box. Come right in. Plenty of room for you inside the Press Box and this edition of the Press Box Podcast. Mike Grace from my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. Great to have you with us as we offer up just a slice of what you can hear each and every weekday on our radio show. Heard on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. Want to find us? Well, that's how you do it. Go to PressBoxRadio.com. You can check the affiliates page to find the station nearest you. And on the episodes page, you can hear the show on demand, hour by hour, or simply press the listen button and you can hear the Press Box anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week online at PressBoxRadio.com. We've had a lot of special guests on our radio show and a lot of them featured here inside our Press Box podcast today. One of our all-time favorites just because he is as as nice a guy as you're ever going to meet and as knowledgeable about well, just about any subject you want to talk about. He is the Director of Athletics Emeritus for Auburn University. David Housel joins us inside the Press Box. There are a lot of people I've been fortunate to know over the years uh, in athletics and there's not a soul that I appreciate and like more than the guy that joins us now. He is the long time. Well, he's just Mr. Auburn, David Housel. Buddy, how are you? I'm doing fine, Chris. How are you this morning? I am. Fantastic. I don't know that I deserve all those accolades, but they're nice to hear. <laughs> you, you deserve more than that. But I just feel oh. bad because I know now we're. We're, we're live in the mornings. We air in different day parts on a delay basis, just to pull the curtain back a little bit. So I don't, I don't know, depending on where people are listening, but I, I feel, always feel bad asking you to join me in the mornings. Cause I feel like I'm interrupting time at, at the, the David Housel shrine, the back booth at Chappie's. Oh, come on, man. Uh, everybody's got a back booth at Chappie's. Everybody has a cheers bar. It's yeah, just a place where you right. go, eat breakfast, have coffee and, Talk about things that hopefully matter. Most of them don't, but sometimes they do. Well, I have always enjoyed, believe it or not, for an Alabama guy, I have always enjoyed coming to Auburn. But i got to be honest, I've enjoyed it more the last few trips that I've gone because they have involved overnight stays so that I can go enjoy breakfast at the back booth. um, I always look forward to Alabama coming because they're bringing you with them, Chris. Well. Well, now that we've taken care of the mutual admiration society, uh, <laughs> let's. Yeah, now, now, now you know that's a hard question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Auburn can beat Georgia. I don't think Auburn can beat Georgia, but you know that's why they play the game. Well, the fun part of what we do here is not necessarily break down games, even though I would, I'd love some thought of you on what what you see in this matchup. But it's also the historical perspective, and there's nobody better to talk that because as you and I've discussed, that's your school, that's your team, but you have a real affinity and even to a degree affection for the rivals of your team. And and Alabama falls in that category, but man, Georgia, there are people outside the state of Alabama that don't know that Auburn's in Alabama. They think it's in Georgia because those two schools are so closely linked. I think Auburn and Georgia well, at one time, and I think it still is over the best rivalry. There's too much spike animosity. I won't say hate, but it's certainly there for some people. But the Auburn-Georgia game has always been one of brothers fighting. Auburn-Alabama, Georgia-Georgia Tech, like in-laws fighting, brother-in-laws. 
But Auburn, Georgia, going back to the very start in 1892, there's always been a deep mutual respect, admiration, and uh, Todd Felton and the sports information director at Georgia and I were on a Zoom call yesterday talking about it, and he said, and we both have used the term underground railroad between Auburn and Athens because of the large, large number of people with Georgia backgrounds who have yeah. worked at Auburn and made Auburn better, and the large, large number of Auburn graduates who worked at Georgia and made Georgia better. The biggest two examples, of course, were Pat Dye and Hugh Jordan, uh, and, and Vince Dooley, too. So there's always been a mutual respect between these two programs. That doesn't keep them from competing like the devil on uh, on game day, uh, but it's 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 been a good rivalry. You were there. I've never asked you this. Was the press release actually written for Vince Dooley to be the new head coach at Auburn? No, it was not written. Uh, that would have been after the Alabama game in 1980. The press release was not written because it was never certain. Uh, the meetings took place at a, it was one colonial bank then, but it, it was a bank building in Birmingham near where the old Trailways bus station used to be. Might have been on that site. But at any rate, uh, I was there waiting in a room for the uh, search committee and the president to come out and tell me what they wanted to say. And it went on and on and on. And uh, the word had gotten out that Coach Dooley was visiting with Auburn, being interviewed it was all over the country because Georgia was number one in the nation at that time. And they came out and said, we're not going to say anything. I said, you can't do that because everybody already knows this meeting is happening. And for you to not say anything, that that's, that's number one, stupid, and it's not realistic. And so I went into the meeting, and Coach Stanley was sitting there. We greeted one another, and you know, we'd known each other a long time. And uh, I told them the situation how the news media world was coming apart, wanting to know about Vince Dooley and coaching the number one Georgia Bulldogs, whether or not he was coming to Auburn. And um, they said, well, what do you think we ought to say? And I said, well, I think you have to say you met, you discussed options and possibilities. No, no decision, no commitment was made, and you agreed to meet again. And they said, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, that sounds good. And Coach Dooley, in his infinite wisdom, said, how about uh, repeating that one more time? And I repeated it one more time, but I inadvertently left out the part. And I didn't do it on purpose, but just repeating it in a hurry, I inadvertently left out the part. No commitment was made either way. And he said, no, you, you left something out the second time. I said, oh, yeah, no commitment was made either way. And he said, yeah, yeah, that's got to be in there. And the Auburn people in that room knew or assumed that he was coming to Auburn. But I knew at that point he had not made up his mind himself because he caught that that mistake on my part. And so I, I, I never thought it was as sure as the Auburn leadership did. And what conversations they had had with him prior to that meeting, I don't know about. But I know on that day, no release was written 
other than say they can talk. David Housel's our guest inside the press box. It's uh, JD down in Mobile. To that, what really piques my interest because context of when that occurred is news did indeed travel very, very fast. But in context, for news to travel that fast back then is hard to understand these days because there wasn't Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. But when somebody wants information or they got good information, it's going to get out, and it did. That was that was kind of an unusual time. Well, it was an unusual time looking back, but at that time it was not unusual. It was just, you know, if there's a breaking story, I'm going to get to the old handheld telephone and I'm going to dial the area code and all like that. And uh, the phones were burning up that day, and uh, the early radio sports shows were just coming in, the early, early ones, not calling shows necessarily. But the word flat got out. It tra- bad news traveling like wildfire. I don't know if that was bad news. If he had come to Auburn, it would have been bad news for Georgia. But uh, it was uh, bad news traveling like wildfire. That sure traveled like wildfire. Well, I know the news. Or let, let me back up. I don't know. I need you to add, fill this in. I've always heard that the news had traveled to Wyoming. Because Pat Dye had gotten in the car and was driving to Athens, hoping that he could get the job at Georgia. Oh, when, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put any any stock in that. Okay. In terms All right. Of, that, of that's term, what I, of, I, in I knew. Terms you could of him fix it. getting in the car, driving to Athens. Well, uh, you heard that one, too, right? If he was going to try to get the Georgia job. Somebody would have sent a plane out there and picked him up. Yeah. Uh, so, a big Georgia booster or something like that. So right. there's no doubt but what Coach Dye had his eye on the Auburn job because that was the most available job coming open. It was obvious that job was coming open. If Coach Dooling took the, George, the Auburn job, then the Georgia job would have been open. So he was going to go after, after whichever was available. He went after Auburn first before there was really any serious list of candidates. He began lining up his support, and uh, he was he was ready to pivot on a dime and go for the Georgia Georgia job had it opened. He was he knew, he knew ready, what both were. locked and loaded. It's just a matter of which way he pointed his gun: Athens or Auburn. David Housel, our guest, kind enough to join us inside the press box. Some historical context on on Georgia. And uh, and Auburn this week, and in the the way those two are are tied together, we know from that story that piece of the history. But on the field itself, it has always been back and forth, as tightly contested as anything, and that's why it makes it really tough to predict, regardless of how good Georgia has been just tough to say it's a given that the dogs are going to get that done. Isn't that the history of this? I think it's, uh, I think it's more so the history of Auburn, Georgia than Auburn, Alabama. Jim Fife used to say, well, you throw out the record book when Auburn, Alabama play, but you couldn't. If you go back and look at the team that had the better record, the team that was the best team, whether it had the better record or not going into the Auburn, Alabama game, that team usually won the game. Auburn, Georgia, it's a little bit different. Um, 
the best teams going into the game still usually wins it. But there have been more upsets and more surprises in Auburn, Georgia, than there have been in uh, Auburn, Alabama. I know uh, in 2017, four years ago, Georgia was number one in the nation and came in here and Auburn beat them, I think, like 40 to 10. Uh, of course, the big one is 1942. Georgia was number one in the nation, had already accepted a Rose Bowl bid, and uh, Auburn upset them 27 to 13 because Coach Durden picked up a tip that the Georgia quarterback, I forget whether it was Sinkwitz or Trippy, uh, if he was going to throw, he'd put his foot one way. If he was going to run, he'd put his foot another way. Coach Durden had already gone to, to the war, World War II. But uh, the Auburn staff used that key, that tip, to win the game. And you don't have to go back that far. 1986, Auburn was riding high. They had the the Orange Bowl and Sugar Bowl people salivating over them. Georgia comes in here with a second-string quarterback and uh, and just runs all over them. The score was 21-16, but Georgia dominated the game. Now, is that going to happen Saturday? Uh, I think you'd have to say probably not, but it could happen. Uh, everybody else always talks about upsets. You know, little David did slay Goliath. Little David did slay Goliath, but he only did it one time in history. Uh, I think, that, you know, there's a, there's a chance Auburn can win. Always a chance. But I think you'd have to say Georgia is a, is a big and rightly so favorite this week. David Housel, one of the best storytellers around. Uh, if, if you didn't know it before, you know it after this little visit that we've had here. But he's he has put together some phenomenal stories. The name of the book, From the Back Booth at Chappie's Stories of the South, Football, Politics, Religion, and More. Grateful that I've got a copy in my hand right now, autographed by the author himself. And David, you've written before, I mean, books before, but is this maybe the most enjoyable work you've done? Yes, without question, and by far, this is the most enjoyable, and I think it's the best work I've done. I don't mean this from a negative standpoint, but if you look at most of the stuff I, I have written, I was an Auburn employee writing to a great extent in Auburn publications, or I was representing Auburn. <laughs> Some of my friends have said, and you may have said it, when, as you read the book, Chris, this book ought to be titled Housel Un- Unleashed because I'm, <laughs> right. I say whatever I want to say about football, religion, politics, you name it. And I don't have to, you know, be, be concerned about the reflection it might cast on the people I'm working for or um, and on the platform on which it's being published. So I, I, this book was a it's not a free book because you got to pay for it to get it. But uh, it was in terms of putting it together. There were no, no, there were no drawbacks, no inhibitions. It's just housing raw, unleashed, and uncut. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I cheated, and I went to the Nick Saban chapter, and there is one. There are a ton of chapters in the book, and I love the fact that you may have a, a two-page chapter. You may have an extensive chapter but you got to take on one of the best coaches in the history of the game and Nick Saban so I will say that even for an Alabama fan that doesn't know David Housel there is something in from the back booth at Chappies for you 
Well, I love Coach Saban. Uh, I, what's not to love about him? He wins the way his players play, the way they represent the program, the school. I mean, I, I'm not going to get into that argument about who's the greatest coach, Coach Brian and Coach uh, Saban. I mean, that's a, that's an Alabama argument or na- national sports writers. Auburn guy doesn't need to get involved in that discussion. But uh, I, I just uh, – I, I like Nick Saban. The only thing wrong with Nick Saban is where he coaches. Uh, Auburn people, those who are not enlightened, <laughs> and we have a lot of non-enlightened people on both sides of this rivalry. They all say, oh, Nick Saban. I say, look, if Nick Saban was coaching in Auburn, You'd be wanting to crown him king of kings and lord of lords. You'd be worshiping the same way Alabama people do. Well, I'm, 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 they would be. Only thing not to like for Auburn people not to like is where he works. And, you know, I've gotten over that a long time ago. you got to admire class. you got to admire success no matter where you find it. And I like Nick Saban. As I said on the radio show this morning, there aren't a lot of people that I use the word Mr. to anymore, but I'm 60 years old. It has nothing to do with age, but he's Mr. David Housel to me, just out of respect. A fantastic gentleman and kind enough to join us inside the press box, the Director of Athletics Emeritus at Auburn University, David Housel, our guest in today's press box podcast hey if you like what you hear a couple things you can do for us like this podcast subscribe so you get the brand new ones each and every time they come out and if you would tell a friend about us we'd really appreciate that they can find us wherever they find their favorite podcast we're on apple we're on google iHeartRadio, spotify stitcher tune in wherever they find their favorite podcast all they have to do is search for press box radio one that's press box radio and the number one to hear this the Press Box Podcast. Until next time, for my partners, J.D. Byers and Chris Stewart, I'm Mike Gray saying thanks for joining us inside the Press Box.